We need some intro music. Ooh. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Woman, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Woman Get In Podcast. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Miley. How are you? I am doing much better than I was 30 minutes ago when we <laughs> logged in because I was fuming and you helped me feel a lot better. So thank you so much for talking me off a cliff. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Hey, nothing, uh, pretty much everything we're going through um, is, uh, I find like everyone's going through the same shit, just maybe not all on the same day. So like, <laughs> I think just telling people you're going through some shit you, you will hear from those people like, oh yeah, I went through that same shit five years ago, three years ago, six months ago, like a month ago, whatever it was. So I think it's, it's an important point to maybe open the show with telling our listeners that if you're going through some shit, talk to some people about it and find some people who are willing to listen and empathize with your shit. Yeah. And, and that's a great thing too. Like, don't keep it all inside. That's as a friend, I would hope that my friend's trust me enough and feel comfortable enough to share their bad days and good days with me. And so I've actually gotten more and more comfortable over the last few years to be like, Hey, I'm not like, I'm not feeling well right now. Can we just like spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes just letting me vent and and just letting it out. And, and then having someone kind of validate your feelings or, you know, empathize with you, or just let you know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, whatever is happening right now is temporary. It's important to remember that. And it's really hard to do that. Like you said, if you just stay in your own head and don't take some time to vent it out to someone who will listen and like, you know, if you want to journal, whatever you want to do. But I really think venting and bouncing it off people is a great. Yeah. Because you can get up, you can also get a good feel if you're like overreacting too, which, you know, certain situations, sometimes we're just way over the top and overreacting. And it's like, why am I so strung out about this? And so it's always, fun to like it's always feels great to get it out and talk to somebody and it makes you know like that you're not alone Mm -hmm. and that you aren't the only one experiencing this like you said like you're not the only one you're not the first person that's feeling this so somebody out there probably felt this at some other time or maybe they're also going through it and they haven't had a chance to talk to about you know talk to anybody about it and it's a great way for you to just not be alone and be like going through things alone is one of, I would say one of the biggest factors that can lead to depression or other mental illnesses. And so don't be afraid to utilize your friends because that's part of the job of being a friend because you care so much or reach out to a therapist or, you know, seek out personal and professional resources. Yeah. Grab all the resources you can. I know. So I appreciate you, Mandy. Thank you very much. (laughs) you're welcome it's also fun for me to catch up on drama a little bit from the past it it also reaffirms my current life choice that I'm no longer there so you know just as a background for our listeners we won't go into detail I'm having some struggles at work where Mandy used to work so when she says like it reaffirms her decisions on not being here anymore um I still have great reasons to be here. <laughs> well, and there was there was always a long list of things that were annoying yeah. or obnoxious or whatever, you know, just a struggle, you know, in any work culture, there's always a handful of things that you're kind of um, 
just navigating, I guess, yeah. at any given time. And I'm like, I'm just glad I'm not navigating them anymore. It's not that they were any better or worse than any other struck like place, you know, university, corporate job, whatever it is. It, I'm just really glad I'm not part of it anymore. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like every job, every career, every uh, you know, sector of business and work, there's gonna be goods and bads, you know, pros and cons. Uh, you just have to kind of figure out which pro and con lists you are able to function and or thrive and or be happy and joyful in whatever capacity you can be in. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Wake up and feel good about what you're going to go do and yeah. what you're going to give to the world today. And mm -hmm. if it's not aligning anymore, take some time and put some put some thought into what might be the best move next. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what is good and new, Mandy? Oh gosh. Well, you know, I'm in Flagstaff. Yeah. So for our listeners that are not Phoenix-based, Flagstaff is just a few hours north of Phoenix, just shy of the Grand Canyon. And I'm house and pet sitting. So in Phoenix, I have the dog and the cat and I, the pet owner, homeowner, she said, if you want to go stay in the house in Flagstaff to get out of the heat, the cat loves it in Flagstaff. You can let him play outside. He just kind of roams the yard. He comes back. It's great. He's a totally different cat, which I'm not going to lie. He is a very different cat. Like he's actually really cuddly and lovey, like even more so than in Phoenix. And he's super chill. Like he doesn't zoom me all over the house. He gets a lot of his energy out. But what um, I failed to realize never having owned a cat is that cats hate car rides. And she was like, yeah, the cat and Bailey will just sit in a seat. Either they'll sit in the front seat or whatever. And I'm thinking, I'm going to put them in the back because it feels a little dangerous to have two loose animals in my front seat. Yeah. So I'm going to put them in the back. So I get the little collar on the kitty. I use the dog harness and hook it to his collar and like attach it to the seat. So he can't like literally roam everywhere in the car, right? He can move around the back seat. He has like four or five feet of whatever it is, few feet of space to kind of move around, lay next to the dog. Oh my gosh. So I, I attempt to come up here on Sunday and I have to deliver a cake on the way. And it was, you know, way up North in Phoenix. So literally 40 minutes on the way to Flagstaff. So I put all the animals in the car. I'm on my way. I'm feeling okay. The cat's meowing like a maniac. I mean, those loud, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are we going to do this the whole time? Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, loud. And he's like, the dog's just chill. The dog's great. The dog's it's sitting mostly there. Mostly the cat. What's that? It's mostly the cat. Oh yeah. The cat's going nuts. So even though he has like a little bit of room, he's like kind of sitting for a minute, but then he's meowing. He just, he's hating the whole experience. And I get maybe 10 minutes away from my destination. So I'm like 30 minutes into this car ride. And all of a sudden I see the cat coming between the two front seats. And I'm like, okay, oh, no. he, he slipped his collar. And I had suspected that he might be able to slip his collar because when I got to the house to start watching them, his collar was just laying on the kitchen counter. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this cat slips yeah. his collar. <laughs> I feel like they, yeah, I feel like they would have put it back on him. So he slipped his collar. He's up in the front seat. I'm on the freeway doing like 70 miles an hour. And this cat's walking around in the front seat. So, you know, I'm like hands up to the top of the steering wheel. He walks onto my lap, stands, sits, lays down. I'm like, 
okay, so you're just going to lay on my lap for the last four miles of this ride because I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, I can either pull off the freeway and try to reattach him in the backseat or just hope he lays still and get off the road in a couple exits. So he lays pretty still. He's panting. I've never seen a cat pant. I mean, mouth open, tongue out, like, oh, I mean, you ever see a cat with their mouth wide open and it looks scary as hell? (laughs) Yes. Oh no. That's that's him, except he's panting. And I'm like, oh my God, this poor cat is so stressed out. And so I get there, I put him back in the backseat, I deliver the cake, which was its own little nightmare. But then I deliver the cake, I get the cat reattached. I like, all right. I'm like, do I want to keep driving to Flagstaff? Because if the cat keeps slipping out of his collar, I can't have this. So I decide I'm going back to the house. Like this isn't going to work today. Like I'm going to get him reattached and hopefully he'll stay there for the rest of the ride. And I'll see, I'll, I'll think about it and see what my options are. Like, I just wasn't, I was like, I'm not going to sit and figure this out on the side of the road. Is there no kitty kennel thing container that you can put the kitty in? Yes. So I get home and I'm like, the cat's had a day. I've had a day. I mean, it was like a super intense hour and 45 minutes. I mean, the cat's like, I mean, just loudest meowing you've ever heard and he's just so stressed out <laughs> I turned and looked at him in the back seat at one point on the way home and it was I mean it was kind of I was like oh my god this poor cat because he looked so stressed out but also like I, and I managed to get a picture of it on my phone when I was stopped and he it's kind of funny to look back on he has his eyes are huge his mouth is wide open he's not making any noise but if you could add noise to the picture it was like he was screaming <laughs> was like, poor cat I wonder so if I was like motion of the vehicle. I mean, yeah. the moment he was sitting on your lap, he sounds like he calmed down. So maybe, I mean, yeah. I have, I've had dogs in the past where the car ride, if they weren't on someone's lap, they just could not handle it. And so yeah. it got to a point where I knew that my little girl was going to be okay. And anytime I drove around, she would just lay in my lap, even though I was driving, she would just lay there. But if I put her on the passenger seat or I uh, seat belted her, she would go crazy. Oh man. Yeah. So I know my sister's dog is like that too. Like he can't stand being in the harness in the backseat and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like the dog, meanwhile, the dog, the medium-sized shepherdy mixed dog is like, just chilling in the back, like cat, calm down. Why are you so anxious? (laughs) And the cat would be chill for like a minute or so here and there, but then he would just meow. And I'm like, I know, dude, we're almost back to the house. So I get back to the house. I barely get the cat in the house. And he just like, bolts he bolts for the house like he can't be happier to be back in the house and I get my shit back into the house because obviously I'm with my suitcase because I was coming to flag for a week so I get my stuff back in the house and I'm like all right we're just gonna chill for a day because or for now I'm not sure what we're gonna do right now I need to think about this and then so I'm talking to Mr. Boyfriend because, you know, he's been watching the pets on and off with me. And he's like, he goes, that cat needs a care. I go, this cat needs a tranquilizer. I'm like, and he's like, that cat needs a carrier. And I go, oh yeah, they do have a carrier. They just don't really use it anymore. I go, maybe I should just throw him in the carrier and reattempt this tomorrow. Once everybody's had some time to decompress, including me. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and the I mean, dog, the dog's probably like, I just need some peace and quiet. Yeah, right. The dog's like, what is this cat's problem? Every time we get in the car, figure it out, buddy. We're gonna, it's gonna be fine. So like, I'm like, oh yeah, he does have a carrier. So I messaged the owner and I was like, yeah, we tried to do the road trip thing today. And it just 30 minutes in, cat was not having it, very stressed out. 
I think I'm going to try and put him in the carrier tomorrow and just reattempt the whole trip with him in the carrier because he was on my lap. I mean, within two minutes of being in the car before I had him in his little harness, he was up on my dash. Like he was in the windshield. And I was like, okay, this is not a place you can be when the car's in motion. Like, uh. so yeah, I was like, I'm not willing to do this if I can't put him in a carrier where he is safe for me and everyone in the vehicle. I was like, I'm not trying to kill everyone just and to get everyone to- outside the vehicle. Right. Like I'm not going to flip the Prius and murder us all just for this cat to be able to roam around the stupid car. So yeah, I, I put him in, she was like, that'll be fine. She's like, you know, you'll just have to listen to him cry. And then she told me it's usually two of them in the car. So he lays on like one of their laps or right next to them. That makes sense. And he's panting and the mouth open thing is apparently something they've experienced with him too. Like, obviously he doesn't love the car ride, but um, yeah, there's always been two of them in the car. And she's like, so if you don't mind listening to the crying, just put him in the carrier. That's fine. And I'm like, well, it's the only way we're going to get there. And because I can't do it alone without him in the carrier. So yeah, we listened to him cry. The dog barked at him a couple of times. Like the dog uh, gave the cat a few like little, you know, like, kind of like muffled little woofy sounds and and like then the dog would put her face right next to the cat's carrier like right next to him and like where he could see him and feel him and stare at him and the cat would be chill for like as long as the dog was laying right there that's nice that's nice it was dog yeah I was like what was that noise and I kind of peeked back and I'm like oh the dog like I was using my mirror and like just turning if I could, if it was safe with traffic and like, oh, the dog gave him a little bark and then he would be quiet for a while. (laughs) Oh, that's so kind of the dog. Yeah. I was like, it's temporary, dude. It's like, it it was a long two, two and a half hours. I mean, in the car with the cat, I was like, man, I got to come back with this cat. I was was just thinking, I was like, how are you going to get back here? (laughs) I don't know. I have to be sober, obviously. I wonder if Benadryl is safe for cats because I know that uh, dog owners will give dogs Benadryl for long car rides because it kind of makes them drowsy. But again, no evidence. This is just anecdotal, but I don't know if it's okay for or safe for cats. I'm going to the farmer's market here tomorrow. And if anyone is selling pet CBD, like (laughs) I'm like, I would like a trauma size, please. please. (laughs) Maybe two, just in case. Yeah, I, I mean, he was, seemed so determined to get out of that carrier a couple of times in the car. Like I heard him turning over in it and I heard his little claws going nuts. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to reach the zipper somehow through the carrier and unzip it. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't underestimate. I was like, are, do- are cats like birds? Could I just throw a blanket over him and he'd be chill? <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> and I also thought of the like sedative Benadryl. Is there anything for cats that could call, like just for his safety, you know what I mean? Not for, I mean, obviously it'd be nice if he stopped meowing and screaming the whole ride. Like but that's not it. It's just everything else that puts him and yeah. everyone else at risk. Just let him chill and like enjoy the ride as much as he possibly can. <laughs> yeah. All good. Yeah. But we got here and he loves it here. He's literally a different cat. He's so chill. I'm enjoying it. Good. It's been 80 degrees the last two days. I sat in the hot tub at noon today. Ooh. I'm going to go back out there in a little bit. And now that the sun is off the hot tub, it's all shady. And I can sit there with some wine and have a good time. Oh, good for you. I'm so happy for you. I wish I could be there with you next time. Yeah, there's an airport really close if you decide to fly. Yeah, like I'm right near the Flagstaff Airport. Ooh, okay. 
I mean, there were helicopters. I only had my license. If I only had my license, I could fly up to you. And then I go one of those other pilots and see if you can get somebody to come up here. Like, can we go to flag today? Yeah. <laughs> I'll work on that. Yeah. So what, what else is new with you, ma'am? I just came back from Orlando for a dental meeting. And then from Orlando, I actually stayed a night in San Antonio to visit with a friend, a family friend. And uh, when I was there, I actually got to visit the uh, the facility that manufactured the airplane that I train in. So I train in Lila. Lila is a Texas Colt. And so their manufacturing site is uh, 45 minutes outside of San Antonio. So I just, while I was driving to the facility, I realized that Lila and I, if you can count it as, uh, if you can count this little town outside of San Antonio, part of San Antonio, Lila and I were born in the same place. I was born <laughs> in San Antonio too. <laughs> it's part of the greater San Antonio. Yeah. I'll count it. So when I was there, I got to tour the facility and then they took me flying for about 30 minutes because I had to make it back for the airport. But it was super fun to kind of see where they made the, the airplanes. And I got to see like different airplanes in different stages of fabrication. And so it was so cool. Like I saw a, like an empty frame of an airplane and then in the middle stage where they're just putting the avionics in and then, yeah, so it was just really neat. And then that's awesome. And uh, back to work. Nice. That's super cool. So wait, you were in a Florida again. Did you dive at all this time? No, I was in Orlando and the meeting pretty much took the whole time. I flew in for like a day late to the meeting and then I left a day early before the meeting ended. So I really was just there for whatever meeting part portion that I could be in. And then I flew to San Antonio and then came back because I am traveling so much lately and upcoming that I kind of want to limit the amount of days I'm away from work. Uh, so Try not too much leisure stuff. And the whole COVID thing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my endurance is still questionable. I'm I'm still tired throughout the day, not to, you know, it's a different kind of tired. It's COVID tired. So still building up my endurance, which is, it's good. I'm okay. I'm I'm not dying. So I'm, I'm happy for that. And there's still a scuba trip coming up next month? Yeah, in September. I'm still going with our good friend, Katie Martin. We're going to go to Cozumel, Mexico. So I'm super excited for that. And so that's why part of it is I want to rebuild my endurance for activity as well as uh, my lung capacity. I was singing. I'm practicing a new song that I want to sing. And I, my breathing, it, you can totally tell that my breathing is not where it used to be before COVID. I'm struggling to hold my breath and be able to expel the amount of and control my breathing when I'm singing. So, Yeah. Are you, did you sing recently at that, you told her there was a dinner, um, a charity dinner, the Whitney Houston, Mariah oh, Carey right. That night ended up being so chaotic. And we, again, we're Asian. So we started Asian time. <laughs> so we ended up having to cut a few different acts. And so I volunteered to just cut my song. It was easier to cut me than to ask other people to cut. So we cut a couple other people too, that had multiple acts. Uh, yeah. So everyone could still perform a little bit, but that event went really well. I still don't know how much money we were able to fundraise, but we were able to bring a lot of awareness to the Ukraine situation because I think it's kind of been forgotten about, but it's still a, a war. There's still a war going on and there's still people yeah. that are in need. And so that was a really great event to put on. Uh, I'm singing for the Diamondbacks again this coming oh. weekend. So I'm super excited about that. I know, and I'm pissed because I'm going to miss it again. Yeah, but maybe they'll ask me for a third time. I'm just kidding. 
three <laughs> times this season. Come on. Is there a, um, like, I know last time there was a, it was the organ donor thing. Is there a theme to this game or you just got lucky? I just got lucky. <laughs> they got lucky. They got lucky. That was a trick question. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. They will, um, they will be playing the Colorado Rockies. Oh, that's a good matchup too. That's a fun one. Yeah. Damn. So sorry, I can't be there. Well, it's okay. What day are you singing? Friday, Saturday? Friday. Friday. So if you get done singing and you do decide to come to Flagstaff, we're at 6,900 feet elevation. It would be a great place to test out your lungs. <laughs> I love it. Yikes. Test Have challenge and <laughs> yeah I mean just go for a short walk hike around the neighborhood and like see how your lungs keep up oh, man yeah. I climb the the one level of like the one level of stairs for work and I'm I'm out of breath by the time I get up it's, re it's really sad at an elevation of 100 in Phoenix <laughs> I, know. I know uh but yeah so uh but for today's what are we talking about today? I forget what we're talking well, about. Well, speaking today. of climbing. Oh, yeah, climbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, today we're talking about hiking and national parks and state parks. And so, yeah, this whole thing, I mean, uh, you need lungs to be able to be active physically as well as hiking and uh, trekking through the different national parks. Yes, make I mean, one of the biggest tips I think in the whole episode is make sure you're physically up to the challenge and you know what you're getting into before you get into it. Right. Yeah. We didn't talk about specific details, but you know, when I am preparing for bigger hikes, I usually will in the months leading up or the weeks leading up to, I'll try to do like short, shorter hikes, like one mile, two mile hikes, and then work my way up to the designated hike, uh, mileage or, uh, yeah. that I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. I know people who do marathons with no training. Oh, whoa. Really? Yeah. Have you ever heard of anybody doing that? They're like, yeah, I just did a half marathon, no training. And they survived. I would die after the first mile. Yeah. I'm like, this is a dedicated person. Do you just not have pain receptors? How are you running with no training? I'm like, I don't even know if I can do a, a freaking 5k with no training. <laughs> Some people are naturally physically blessed. Yeah, that that's not me. And that like my joints would murder me. I wouldn't be able to move for three days after. Not me either. Shucks. I'd be lucky if I could move weeks later. Just thinking about it, I'm probably like <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. I have barely been exerting myself physically for the last couple of weeks. I mean, besides chasing around the cats and the dogs, but like the hot tub felt amazing today. Oh, good. Good for you. I started doing uh, um, I started getting monthly massages because I'm trying to take better care of myself. So mm -hmm. one step at a time. Massage is really important for my, my back and my neck because it's been building up a lot and I still have aches and pain. So I'm trying to do better at taking care of like my massage therapy and taking care of other things. And a shout out to taking care of our emotional health, which often manifests in physical pain. Yes. I was just going to say, I wonder if in the last, in the last few months, I've been a little bit more emotional than, than before. And I wonder, and it also coincides with like, I I've had this really really bad pain in my my neck and that's why it prompted me to start getting massages just to kind of help break down some of that muscle ache that I'm I feeling. totally thought you were going to say you're going to let um our good gal pal Cena stab you with some Botox oh no I, I don't know if I should yeah I'm not ready for that you put it in your face my muscles. <laughs> I do for my, my muscles your uh, face 
muscles, but not your neck muscles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope our listeners enjoy the episode. Yes, they should have a great time. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. I'll be back next week. I miss you too. I can't wait to see you. And I hope you have the best time in FISAF. Thank you. Thank you. And I know our listeners will enjoy this episode. Maybe you can take some pictures of your time in Flagstaff and post them so our listeners uh, can see your adventures. I will do that. It's so far, it's a really nice afternoon. It might not rain. So if I get a decent sunset, I'll get out there and get some photos. Yeah. Or just the nature around you. Cause I bet just it's beautiful out there. It is. It's all just pines and wooded and it's really pretty, really quiet. I took a nap this morning. I'm like, who takes a nap in the morning? <laughs> oh, good for you though. All right. Have all right. a great episode, everyone. Today we are going to talk about hiking and national parks and even state parks because you've been to a state park. I have <laughs> once or twice in my life. Yeah. Well, you and I went to one. So we you went to know one I've, national park yeah, together. You know, I've been to one. Yeah. But uh, state parks down in Tucson. Uh, state parks. Didn't, oh, yeah. A state park yeah, in, yeah. Yeah. I only make fun. I've been lost yeah, in a state park. <laughs> um, I've been misplaced. <laughs> misplaced. I like uh, and then I've been to lots of state parks. I mean, all over the place. We just went to one the other week. Where were Mr. Boyfriend and I? Oh, in it. Um, in Atlanta. Okay. We had to pay to get into the park where Amicalola Falls. It's up in oh. uh oh my gosh, I forget the name of the town. But the the falls that we the remember if anybody listened a couple episodes ago when I talked about hiking, quote hiking this staircase that was 425 steps uh down to the fa- falls and then back up to the parking lot. That was fun. Ah. Um <laughs> but yeah, Amicalola Falls was in uh, a Amalica oh. Amicalola. Amicalola. A M I C A L O L A. I'm sorry. How did you find out about this? Oh, uh, Kelly, my high school friend. Uh-huh. Shout out to Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Kelly, Kelly listens. She lives in Georgia between Atlanta and LJ, the city where we were sort of in between. And she and when her and her husband were in Michigan, the same time Mr. Boyfriend and I were in Michigan. And I said, you know, yeah, sure. Shoot me. Give me all your wrecks. And they were like, oh, this is a really fun and easy hike. Really pretty huge waterfall. It's like a 700 foot waterfall. I was going to say, do you tell me details about that waterfall? Yeah, it's you... huge. It's really cool. I mean, it was 700 you, feet. Do, were there signs? And did you read any of the signs that talked about the falls or yes. how it was created? If it's ever been without water or where does the water come from? I did not. Oh, it's okay. Retain any of no, that No, it's okay. One of my favorite things about national parks is reading all of the information about oh. the different parts of the park. Yeah. And where, you know, where certain fossilized rocks came from or oh. where the water comes from when there is a waterfall or, oh. you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read any of that. I read a little bit about some of the restoration of like the Ooh, staircase and yeah. like who upkeeps it and when it was put in there and things like that. But I didn't, I don't remember reading anything about the falls oh. like where the water comes yeah. from and that kind of stuff How but it was discovered maybe yeah fairly busy spot oh. like we went late in the afternoon yeah. i mean like dinner time so uh i was surprised at how many people were still out there considering how hot and muggy it was but um it was fun it was a cute little pretty easy since we drove to the top and then mm-hmm. we walked down and out is there like a trail 
from like the bottom to walk up to it or something there are trails okay. uh we so. were not like dressed no. or prepared yeah. and didn't quite have the time by the time we got out there to do the actual trail hike mm-hmm. but there are trails around there okay a couple of them cool mm-hmm. nice where okay. you can hike from a parking lot in the yeah. park and you can hike over to the falls I'm a big fan of trails with waterfalls. We yeah. have a few here in Arizona, actually. Hmm. We have oh, the I Seven Falls one. in Tucson. I've hiked that one. That's about five miles, five, six miles round trip. Okay. And as you walk into it, once you arrive at it, it's called Seven Falls mm-hmm. because as the water comes down from Mount Lemon, uh, it it creates seven different waterfalls. Oh. And so there, and then it goes down to a big pond. And so at the very end of the hike you get rewarded by this beautiful waterfalls and this pond of water and people go swimming in it Mm. and you can actually climb the rocks up to the very well i don't know if there was people at the very top waterfall but but i mean i i climbed up to by maybe the third waterfall and then i kind of got scared and went back down yeah but you can you know it's actually really fun and beautiful and it is a quite a tough hike we took we did it during the like spring to summer season and so it got really hot Mm. uh, in the middle of it because we started a little too late so that would be one of the tips i would give to our listeners that go on hikes is really pay attention to the time of day that you do your hikes tip number one yes (laughs) but that's seven falls in tucson there's also a uh, kind of a waterfall slash pond that you can hike to which is in north phoenix it's called the blue wash trail and that's a shorter trail. I think I did that. Yeah? Is it? Yeah, I think you did because you sent me pictures. And I was like, hey, I, I've done that before. Yeah, it's a really sandy, yeah. not yeah, a sandy. lot of incline nope. or decline mm-hmm. in and out of there. I mean, it's like probably a hundred foot elevation change at the most. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And so yeah. it's actually a really easy mm-hmm. in terms of inclination or yeah. um, elevation gain because there isn't much of gain. Yeah, but some of the it, reviews online were like, what a lame thing there was barely a trickle and like it was a decent little amount of waterfall when we were there it depends on the time of year and that's why i say whenever i hear about hikes with waterfalls i always wonder like where's the water coming from and are there times where there isn't any water because the blue wash trail is actually one of those that there's times of the year where it's completely dry Dry. and then there's other times of year where there's tons of water and i went when there was tons of water and a waterfall and we it just kept going and going and going and it was a really nice uh, it was a really nice time of day, too, that we went. And there was a lot of shade. I remember that there mm-hmm. were lots of trees around. So there was a lot of shade. Whereas, again, some uh, some, again, some hikes wash, don't have. Right? Yeah. So you're a little surrounded by. I, I would be scared to go during like a monsoon that season. That is true. You're right. Mm-hmm. You, that's something else. Maybe there's a tip. I didn't know I was going to have any tips ah. in this episode. Uh, there's a tip, though. If it's a flood area um, or monsoon or storm and you're in a low lying area, if you're hiking these wash things, uh, be careful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, have a quick out yes. <laughs> if a storm rolls in yeah always be prepared for emergencies yeah yeah so i love i love uh hikes with waterfalls now i did do the narrows which mm. is at zion national park oh yes. now i'm a huge fan of zion national park because of their other hike called angels landing and we'll talk about that a little later because that's yeah. I actually, I actually really love that hike. But the Narrows, I will tell you that I'm glad I did it, but I don't think I'll ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it is about 10 miles of river. And like the, walking in the river? Walking in the river. Oh, wait. Did you tell us about this one a little bit? Did you go just last summer with I your cousins? I went last summer with my cousins. 
And uh, I vaguely remember this because it was like lady time for a few of you all. Yes. And some people were like, I'm not down with that. Exactly. Okay. It wasn't my time of the month, but uh, so I went and I kept going. And I'm one of those people that I will go to the very end of the hike and come back. Like I never not finish a hike. Yeah. Miley's like, I'm here. We're doing it. I, I definitely uh, stopped in the middle of this and quit and returned back to the starting <laughs> point because we had hiked a good six miles in and yeah. there was still another six miles and it was the same scenery. Um, and so I got to the point where I was like, if this is all I'm seeing for another six miles, I'm not going to do that. And so I turned around, but it, the water levels supposedly were very low at that time. And it was up to my knees or my thighs. Good and God. usually it can go all the way up to like your chest. And so again, be careful with the amount of, water or time of year you go based on your preference lots mm -hmm. of people like to do it when it's a little higher because i think they like swim through it but when the water is about knee deep i'm gonna or swim for deep, six miles yeah. okay hey there are some uh hardcore determined people hikers out there. There. yes let's go with that <laughs> it was really cool the first the first two miles was where it was most populated and the and there was a lot of great scenery because it's the beginning of the hike, so everything's new to you. Mm -hmm. But then around mile three or four, it's the same thing. And so I would recommend that you do it, but you don't have to do the whole thing. Do the first mile or two and then turn around because there's really nothing new. Supposedly, there is something at the very end where like there's a wall with drawings on it. But I didn't think it was worth another six miles after I had already done another, you know, six miles. Like some sort of ancestral yeah. ancient drawings. Yes. Okay. Plus, we also chose the wrong time of day. We did it. We started it at like 2 p.m. in the There's afternoon. A pattern. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we had done Angel's Landing in the morning. Yeah. We and were you planning. met people on these hikes. Yes, we did. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yes. He gave you the wrong number. Yes, or I wrote it down the wrong number. And then did I tell you that we ended up connecting? Yeah. Yes, but then yeah. that didn't work out either. I was going to say, do you ever still talk to this person? No. No? no. Okay, that's yeah. fine. It's I mean, okay. Whatever. It's all good. But They're not beating down your door. No, it's fine. It's all good. Yeah, but, you know, it's just, I, again, pick the time of day. We, we wanted to leave the next morning, so this was the only time we could do it. And so that's why I also quit early. I mm. bet if we had started early in the morning, I would have done the whole thing because I would have had time because the heat just got to me too. Yeah. And, uh, and, but we did Angel's Landing in the morning and that was beautiful. We woke up at 3, 3, 3.30 in the morning and we took a shuttle to the base of the, the trail. Mm -hmm. And we were the fourth group or people, right? There was two people ahead of us. So then my cousin was probably third. I was fourth. And then my other cousin, you know, so, but... Uh, Angel's Landing is actually pretty dangerous. Is this in Zion? This is Zion. Okay. It is uh, probably the most popular hike in Zion and not everyone can do it because towards the, the top, the last mile of it, most people will make it up the two and a half, three miles. And then there's this area, this big area. It's flat. There's picnic tables and people just chill. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go another mile up, you get to the very top of it. And at the top, it's it's very much like a cliff. Uh, and there's chains, and it's actually single file. That's how narrow the cliff is. And several people, unfortunately, sadly, die every year because they fall off the, the landing. And so, the, yes, I know. <laughs> but My face you, right now is like, this is not the hike for me. No, but not, not the hike for many people. But... <laughs> It's truly so breathtaking up there. And when you make it up there, it really is. I wouldn't go as far as miraculous, but it 
it's pretty breathtaking up there. How do people fall? Do you suppose they're just overly cocky? Do you think they're falling going up or coming down? Well, I think from some of the stories that I read, some of them. So when you get up to the very top, there is like a flat area. But what happens is some of those people who passed away, they were trying to take pictures up there and tripped off. Oh, my word. Yeah. I'm like, how are you not holding on to the chain? You shouldn't. Well, the chain is only from like to get to the very top mm. because a single file up to the top. And then once you're at yeah. the top, there's this open area. Yeah. Uh, about, I want to say, 40 yards of open area. I'm going to have and nightmares so, about this tonight. Oh, please don't. <laughs> please don't. I don't. It's beautiful. Oh. I should show some pictures. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And so Angel's Landing and then Zion National Park is actually... It's like embedded and surrounded by tons of larger mountains. Mm-hmm. And so when we were there, actually, you have no reception. Oh. It's very limited reception. And so be prepared. I do remember you telling me this. Yeah. Be very prepared that you cannot get any reception. So what should people do if they're going to be an area without reception? Like, can you download trail maps? Can you? Yeah. So how you, can you yeah. like ensure your safety, I guess, getting in and out of these places? So I have all trails and I downloaded that app. And beforehand, I had downloaded the trails for the specific trails that we wanted to go on. Now, based on that app, you could potentially get GPS signal in case you get lost. Mm. But the most important thing you should consider doing is getting a traditional paper map from the informational visitor center Hmm. and the thing is at these national parks most of the more popular hikes that people go to they are well maintained so there's lots of signage you will not get lost you will only get lost if you go off trail sure that's the beauty of going to national parks you'll get and that's the thing national parks are are funded through the the government so they must be taken care of whereas state parks aren't always well taken care of and that's why sometimes if you get into a state park you might get lost if the signage isn't properly maintained um i have another question yeah people can go back a few episodes to i don't know early may when uh i talk about my getting lost hiking story in a shitty shitty state park (laughs) trail um that's a lot of walking. I think six miles in, I think, damn, that's a yeah. commitment. So are you just wearing tennis shoes and clothes that you're like, I know they're going to get wet. I'm going to hang them out to dry. They'll get dry later. So I actually have special, have special shoes. Oh, okay. so they actually recommend special shoes. So as Zion, if you plan on going to the Narrows, you can rent these neoprene shoes. Mm. I was going to say neoprene socks because they do make neoprene socks. And then you can just wear them with waterproof sandal hiking shoes you know Uh, and I have I have neoprene shoes that I have from my scuba diving gear so I just wore my my neoprene shoes from scuba gear but my cousins and um, some of the people that were there at the park some of them rented and some of them purchased ahead of time off of Amazon okay Uh, and then for the narrows we definitely got sticks like walking sticks Hmm. so we rented a walking sticks or hiking sticks to help get us through and so you can get like wooden ones i have hiking sticks or hiking poles so i use that because the you sometimes the water you have to be mindful if you're treading through water it could be clear but it could be muddy so right and you don't know so you have to really maintain your balance because you don't want to fall and there were so many people who ate it like 
I had to really not laugh because I knew that if I laughed, I would probably eat it too. You were next. Car- yeah. So, uh, but there are so many people and you don't know, like you're walking ahead and you don't know if you're going to run into a rock, right? So you also, while you're hiking, you're looking at the water to see current, right? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is when, if there's a big rock, if there's a mm. big rock underwater, the water above we'll it will wrinkle a little bit, it, right? Yeah. So you that's how you're always watching for signs of uh, discrepancies or um, interruptions yeah. in the water. Very similar to when you're walking or hiking in a trail, and you're maybe you get a little lost. I I I like to hike Picket Post Mountain, which is in Superior, Arizona. Oh. It's not a very common hiking trail but it's common enough for there to be a trail but it's not there's not very many signs and so when i get lost i'm actually i look for footprints or i look for shrubs or trees and branches that have been like pushed along and have created a trail a natural trail because that means people have gone through it Mm -hmm. so i i'm always looking for signs of disruption in the trees the branches the dirt or the water when i'm hiking that's smart. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't hike through water personally. <laughs> just my jam. Yeah. I'm like, mm, no. And I, I'm just also not the type of person that loves hiking enough to want to go and buy a bunch of gear. I'm like, I'll never do this again. Well, that's the beauty of having friends that do love mm-hmm. hiking because you can always just borrow. True. When I first started hiking and camping a couple years ago, like I said, I'm still a newbie. I know I sound like I know all these things but and I've been Miley to a lot does of things. She like I go right into them. it. <laughs> She's like, I'm yeah. going to go to fucking Zion. <laughs> I'm going to hike Bryce. I'm going to get yeah. this passport book. I'm going to get a stamp from every state and national park oh, in the country. My experience with national parks is a puzzle I put together recently. It was a <laughs> 500 piece jigsaw puzzle. puzzle of national parks. Um, and the one we went to at the Volcano Park. But yeah, I'm like, that's a great idea. That's a good tip. Like yeah. borrow the gear from so someone. I, yeah, I borrowed a lot from my friend, Katie Martin. Yeah. You know, shout out to our girlfriends episode. Yep. Katie Martin. When I first started, she let me borrow all of her gear. That's and nice. then slowly over time, I just started to accumulate some of the things that I really liked because I was borrowing it from people. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm using their gear a lot. I should just invest in it for myself. Mm-hmm. Or I would try gear that I borrowed and I'd be like, oh, I don't really like this. And then I wouldn't invest in it. But if if I started to see that I was using some of the same gear over and over again, I would just buy my own. And are there places to buy good secondhand stuff? You know, I'm not the best person to ask that question because I haven't really looked at that. But okay. you had mentioned it a few episodes ago as well yeah. to buy online. And I just haven't had time to look. And so uh, maybe by the time we air this episode, we can post some in our show notes. Yeah, I imagine offer up. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Those types mm-hmm. of sites are going to have this uh, yeah. lightly used gear. Yeah. And maybe I'll, I'll put that as a to do item because I either okay. I'm going to go camping in a couple months. And so I need to invest. In oh, some yeah, that's stuff. right. You told mm-hmm. me about this. Me and Demi. Shout out to Demi. We'll yeah. definitely talk about that when you yeah. do it too. And so... Uh, but yeah, I would say, and, and the thing is, when you go to national parks, oftentimes they have a little gift shop and or shop that you can rent stuff for. Because mm-hmm. again, a lot of these national parks are family vacations. Yeah. So not a lot of families have enough money to buy gear. So they'll usually just rent for a nominal fee once they get to the national park. And if park. you're traveling to a place, yeah. you can't always fly exactly. in with all this right. stuff. I mean, with scuba diving, I only invest in some of the things that I don't want to use like with other people's germs on it. And I rent everything else mm-hmm. because it's so heavy to travel with. Yeah, 100%. So the things I think about when I think of preparing to go to parks are checking the times that the park is open, verifying the park is open. I mean, it 
certain things yeah. might not be open certain times of year checking if you need um i know there are parks here in arizona like what's the really pretty antelope canyon antelope canyon have permits or yeah. lotteries some places uh you can't just go there and can get just to show go on a hike up, right so angels landing used to be one of those where you could just show up and hike now it's a lottery system and you have to reserve a ticket ahead of time if oh. you just show up they will not give you a ticket Antelope Canyon is one of those places in Arizona where you actually have to reserve a ticket. Otherwise, you can't go. Uh, mm-hmm. There's very many places. So you do want to check out the website and look up popular trails, trails that require permits. You uh, And some of them will require that you pay an extra fee because it's so popular. That's how you know they keep support and, keep, and mm-hmm, yeah. keep the park going. Like The money that you invest goes right back into the park. I mean, it's yeah. a national park, and so uh, th- it's really important. Now, if you think that you're going to go to three or more parks in one year, I would really encourage you to get a national park pass. Mm. A national park pass is 80 bucks a year and it allows you to get into any national park as many times as you want. And if you don't get the pass to enter a park, it usually costs $30 a day. Wow. So if you go to three national parks or go to a park for three days or more, you're going to more than make, make the $80 back. Can you become a lifetime member? <laughs> I would love to be a lifetime member, yeah. but you I don't think there is a lifetime member. Man, they there really is need a to cash senior. In on that. I know there is a senior one and there's a military pass. I mean, imagine but, if they did like 500 bucks member oh, for I know, life. I love that. And then, you know, they might get 500 bucks out of so many people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, if, even if they did a thousand, because I think I would totally go to national parks for the rest of my life, you know, well, and I would take 30 my kids years and, worth of parks yeah. or 30 parks worth of how many years? A thousand eighty. That's like 12 years worth of parks ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, hold on. Or somewhere right. around 33 yes. entries yes. into a park. Yeah. And yeah. I would definitely, I mean, I think in the last year I've gone, I mean, we went to the Hawaii volcanic yes. national park. My and, tips for Hawaii oh, yeah, no, Park would just be wear the right shoes. Wear the right shoes. And I think there were there was uh, the, the great thing about the volcanic park is at nighttime, there is uh, the ability to watch the uh, volcanic ashes or, you know, the, the ashes burning. Yeah. But we didn't plan properly to stay that late. And so we couldn't see that. But if I were to do it again, I would have planned properly with the right warm clothes because we yeah. weren't even dressed right to right. stay uh, to, you know, six or seven o'clock at night because it was going to get really cold and cool. But I would plan properly with clothing and time of day to see the volcano burning yeah. if we could. Uh, so that's one downside that I would have uh, changed if we were going to go back to the Hawaii Volcanic Park. But yeah, shoes, we were, we didn't really plan for that either. And we were OK. Yeah, we were good. We brought shoes like to change yeah. into because we were on the other side of the island. So mm-hmm. we drove over moderately early in the day and did yeah. some stops on the way and had food and whatever yeah. and then changed our foot gear but um definitely we're not dressed to stay all night and drive three hours back in the dark across the mountain yeah but yeah you can see it glowing but not nearly as magnificent as it yes. as it is at nighttime yeah. that's so that's true. the thing too there are going to be certain parks that are better at nighttime than during mm-hmm. the day so you want to be mindful of that for example uh, i went to utah and i went to canyonlands and arches and I 
was I only had one day to do both parks. Mm -hmm. So I drove down there and I did Canyonlands in the morning and Arches in the afternoon. And uh, when I got there, I learned that they are, I forget what it's called, but nationally they're recognized as a low light area. So it's really great for stargazing and... And so they do a lot of activities at nighttime and lots of stargazing hiking tours and stuff like that. And if I had known, I would have planned it properly to kind of stay the night, but I didn't. And the other thing about that is those places are great for meteor showers. So if you plan it for the right time of year, you can actually go and camp because they actually also have camping grounds and permits where you can actually car camp too. Hmm. And then sleep under a meteor shower because that would be the best place to to watch a meteor shower you would see so many meteors same thing for bryce canyon Mm -hmm. we had gone to bryce canyon a week after a meteor shower and i was so bummed (laughs) if i if there was one way to get me to camp or car camp it would be during like a meteor shower yes and so my one of my things on my list is to figure out how to go to a meet like how to how to align it so that I go see a meteor shower and car camp at a national park at some point. The only other way I'm camping, just so you know, you specifically, is oh. that if you <laughs> decided to get married in a national park and it was like everyone had to camp to come to your oh. wedding. That's the only other way I'm going to camp ever. I didn't think about that, but that might be my new, that, that actually might be a, a dream wedding now. Yeah, I was like a wedding. Oh, someone's like very close to me's wedding thing is happening in a park. Oh, or that would be there's so a meteor cool, shower actually. that would be so cool to get married under a meteor shower it would okay be. future husband take notes <laughs> now i'm even more excited to go back into dating destination wedding in a national <laughs> park hey yes <laughs> now i want a husband just so i can have the wedding <laughs> this totally reminds me there was somebody i wanted to set you up with or inquire with him about if he was set upable. oh um, and I'm remembering now oh, that you. you're mentioning this. So, yeah, I'll try to get on that while I'm bored in Flagstaff. Yeah. Well, I hope you're not bored in Flagstaff. I hope you have a great time in Flagstaff. I mean, I'll just have a lot of time to myself. Oh, good. Because your boyfriend's not going with you? No, he's got to work. Oh, fudgical. Yeah, it's just me. Oh. I get like my own little Ooh. kumbaya. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. You so know, we speaking t- of Flagstaff, though, yes. I do want to do oh. a plug for Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grand Canyon is an incredible national park. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. South Rim times. or North Rim? Both. Oh, So okay. the first time I went, I went from Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we hit the north or north or northwest side of the Grand Canyon. Whatever's closest to Vegas. North. Yeah. And then I've been t- at least two times from Phoenix. So the South Rim is the more popular and most populated mm-hmm. rim And so if you are someone who would like less crowds as well as really great camping places where you're away from, you know, a lot of other campers, the North Rim is a great place to camp. That's where I went. Mm -hmm. We went to the North Rim and found a really great place to just car camp. And then we hiked the North Rim, which wasn't very many people. And, um... My tip for that is to plan properly. It was a very spontaneous trip. Weather, so, water. Yeah, we did not have enough water. So the tip with water and hiking is you hike until you have half of your water left, then turn around. Mm-hmm. Do not test that. Yeah. Once you are halfway through your water, turn around because you do not want to die of dehydration. I don't want to die hiking ever. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yeah, water. That's a good tip mm-hmm. for water. 
And uh, and then another ha- national park that I've been to is Bryce Canyon. Now, mm. Bryce is so unique because it is made of all of these uh, formations of rock that have been worn away and weathered away by winds over time. And no, uh, and I forget what they're called, but there are these uh, these pillars of different rock formations that that no one pillar is the same. Oh, I think I've seen pictures of this. I had to look it up and Google it, but uh-huh. you must have shared a picture of this. It is. It is. Uh, once you see it, you can't forget it. Yeah, it had to be you where unique. I saw it because I've never Googled it before in my life. But um, hoodoos. They're called hoodoos. hoodoos. The, the pillars that I'm talking about. Hoodoo? You yeah. do. Hoodoo. Hoodoo. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Just all of these formations just for miles and miles and miles. And every... Every single one, I'm sure, has its own story. And uh, and so there's short hikes. There's longer hikes. Now, oftentimes, you know, after a day or two, it might all look the same. Very, very similar to the Narrows hiking trail that I was talking about because all I saw was water and walls of rock. But this is also walls of hoodoos. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, but beautiful How do you spell place. hoodoos? H-O-O-D-O-O-S. Oh, okay. Hoodoos, just like it sounds. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Now, I forget what the app was. I will find out and put it in the show notes. But my cousins and I downloaded this app, and it actually has like a, a narrative or a tour guide for national parks. And mm. so we purchased, you know, for $5, we purchased the tour guide for uh, Zion Park. And as we drove through Zion Park, it would narrate and be a tour guide. That's cool. It would utilize GPS so that as it, it where it knew, you know, where we were in the park, it would be able to tell us to your right is this trail. And it would give you information about the trail. It was actually really cool. So if you're not one to hike, you can drive through national parks and have a tour guide. Oh, that's my way. I want to do that one. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Sign me up for the drive through. <laughs> it actually was really cool because that our, our trip was so short that you can't hike everywhere yeah. but we still wanted to see everything so it really shortened and made things a little bit more efficient that's cool i did this wasn't a hike or a national park but in atlanta um we were at the olympic park the centennial olympic park and they had a walking tour that you could have connected to and at certain points around the thing hit the little buttons and listen yeah. to the info there so no totally that's a great tip i love that yeah. national parks have that yeah now, I do want to spend a, a, the, you know, a, a few minutes as we wrap up about some of the gear that we should consider. And so water is a necessity, but how you carry that water is really important. Mm. Uh, when I hiked, when I hiked uh, Humphreys Peak in Arizona, which is the tallest peak in Arizona, mm-hmm. I carried a uh, two liter Camelback backpack with water. Okay. But other people carried jugs of water with them. I Ugh. like to have my hands free to catch myself when to I catch fall. myself or to use hiking poles. And so be mindful of uh, the water amount of water you might need. Humphreys Peak is 12,000 feet at the top and uh, yeah. it's about 10 miles round trip. So I wanted to make sure I had enough water. But also uh, in in different national parks, you want to make sure that you have enough water or look at the trails ahead of time and see if there's water stations along the way. Uh, so camelbacks, oh. I think, 
are fantastic. I also carry hydro flasks with me because I, I, I love cold water or I'll just get a big chug or a big jug of ice mm-hmm. and put the ice in my camelback. And as it melts, as I go through, then it stays cool. It's cool water as well. Nice. I did. I have a camelback and I love that thing. When I used to hike here, Camelback Mountain, um, I love that thing. I really like having my hands free. Yeah. If I'm just doing a small walk, a mile or two, like I'll carry my water bottle if I know it's not like a strenuous hike. But yeah, Camelback has some moderately, it's a steep climb. Um, and I like having my hands free because sometimes you're just like yeah. putting your hands on some rocks to kind of balance as yeah. you step these big steps and stuff. So, right. And yeah. the thing is when you're it's uh, way better on your back, oh, way for better sure. on your balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned just having your hands free in case you fall. So uh, yeah. a small first aid kit is really important to have oh, along yeah. the way if you're hiking. And so be mindful of that. I always packed Kleenex, mm-hmm. like toilet paper i imagine these long journeys somewhere along the way you're gonna have to pee yeah so are you just dripping dry dripping dry if you want or bring some kleenex or some toilet paper with you i, get, I also get runny noses for no like all the time so when i'm <laughs> like when i'm really working out and stuff even on the bike uh-huh. indoors outdoors my nose starts to drip so uh oh, okay <laughs> my sinuses yeah, no, just that's good to know know in, what your body does they're in full-on yep. activation like anytime yeah uh electrolytes for your water so i like to mm. use liquid iv we're not being sponsored by liquid iv but uh <sighs> if you would like to sponsor us we'd love to be sponsored by liquid iv and girls. so um i use that to put electrolytes in my water to kind of help me stay a little energetic you know that's great and uh and then sunscreen bug spray Mm. sunscreen bug spray i know like oftentimes we forget about bug spray but you just never know what kind of bug spray is out there so i wear both sunscreen and bug spray and have a lot of sun protection so hats bucket hats that can cover your neck because your ears and your neck will get sunburned and uh yeah yeah sunscreen is pretty much something i always remember to wear when i go out it's one of the few times i remember to wear sunscreen sorry debbie don't yell at me um i'm not good about wearing it on a daily basis because i just don't spend more than literally three minutes at a time outside yeah no (laughs) no that's okay like i'm just walking from cars to parking lots and a lot of times i'm not even in the car as much as i used to be anymore so but hiking always and i'm like such a nut about like thick on my nose tops of my forehead like the cheeks you know what i mean in my ears i'm like nutty about not wanting those to get sunburned and mr boyfriend i'm like where's your sunscreen do you have your sunscreen put your sunscreen on he he's better about the hat the big hat but that's the thing too so hats even if you wear sunscreen you should wear a hat because the heat yeah the physical barrier really does help because heat can cause exhaustion or speed up exhaustion Mm. so even if you have sunscreen the heat pounding on your face can really make you more tired so be mindful of that and clothing Mm -hmm. dry fit Clothing is really helpful, but light clothing, you can layer up. There's a lot of clothing that is specifically made for camping and hiking that is thin and light, but protects you in terms of like thermal or cold, right? So uh, be mindful of the clothing that you pack for these trips as well. Yeah, cotton isn't always the best choice because it gets wet and tends to stay wet. Yeah. So it can make you chafed and chappy and itchy and just heavy feeling. And then I bring hand sanitizer with me because your hands just get so dirty and there's not, you know, there's not always a bathroom with the running water. So hand sanitizer, snacks, very important to stay energized and bring good quality snacks that are, um, that, you know, aren't candy or, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to say that, but that actually provide nutrition, right? 
Yeah, I'm a big like bring a protein type of bars like mm-hmm. nuts and seeds and dried fruits are my jam. They're usually not too heavy and they pack good nutrition for the for the amount of food that you have to carry. Yeah, those would be my big basics. And um, we can also publish a, a, a long list if possible, but I'm pretty sure you can Google uh, lists of things. But those are the biggest things that I would recommend when you go hiking. Time of day. Knowing when the best time of day yeah. to go. Pay Knowing attention to the weather. Knowing specific things about that hike that make it special, or that trail or that park, because then you can time it as well, like meteor showers. Is it yeah. better to go during the day or at nighttime? Uh, is it better to go during the summer or the fall? Like Death Valley is on my list. I really want to go to Death Valley, but the, mm. the worst time to go is during summertime because no. it's so hot. <sighs> yeah. But then the best time to go is during the fall, and so that's when most people go. So do I want to trade the heat in so that I don't have to be around people or, you know, so... Is that a popular place to hike or it's to a, visit? It's a really popular one because it is the lowest point of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've been to the most southern point. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah. So that was a um, fun hike. Super fun. Remember when I fell in the mud? Oh, gosh. I do remember. <laughs> we'll have to post a picture of that. I never washed those shoes. Oh. <laughs> They're funny. still. I saw that picture and I added it to your birthday uh, oh collage. I don't know if you saw all the pictures in your birthday I watched it a couple of times and I yeah, was like, yeah, I, that there was a there. number of times where I covered my eyes like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. There's a lot of me in bathing suits in that montage. And I was like, oh, why are we always not wearing clothes? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we enjoy the sun. We are, we are cancers and we love the water and we love the sun. Yeah, it was fun. So there's a plug for our Instagram at yeah. woman get in yes, people. Yes. Miley, you're awesome. Thank you for oh all the, the tips on hiking and parks and national parks. I'm sure there's a website. Like- oh, there's tons of websites there. Um, and then, like I said, if you really want to get fun with it, they have a national park passport so that every time you go to a national park you can get it stamped as though you went there and you get a little sticker and everything so you have to buy a sticker you do have to buy a sticker but you can stamp it and then but you know it's fun yeah it, uh, i videoed it for you when you yeah. did the hawaii one it was like a big yeah big old stamping so jobbing. i just love it and it's love it's it's fun to be outside and experiencing mother nature and how beautiful this world is yeah even for someone like me who's allergic to everything outside yeah. and doesn't Speaking, I said that I don't love being outside. I actually enjoy it when I'm doing it, but I'm such a freaking introvert that I'm like, ooh. And well, but you said also allergies, right? So yes. make sure you bring your medications. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yes. if, if you have a bad. bee thing, bring mm-hmm. an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. I I'm one to like whenever I travel, I always have an EpiPen on me, no matter where I'm going. Because I'm like, I don't know, I might need to stab someone. If not me, someone else might need it. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, bring it. Exactly. It's small. Yeah, so true. Yeah, just bring it. Bring yeah. the Benadryl. Bring the EpiPen. Yes. <laughs> and well, then come back to at woman get in and tell us all about it yes i i have seen some friends do some pretty epic hikes i hope people share a little bit more yes, with please. us and this tell has, us where the next place we should go to oh yeah, yeah. tell miley beyond death valley yes. where she should hit up the redwoods <laughs> redwoods is definitely on my list oh so beautiful yeah niagara falls oh yeah i haven't been there either. i've been there oh see i've been the state you've been, or you've national been. parks yeah 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 all right you're awesome Andy, you're awesome. <laughs> we all are. I just get on the little boats and do the tours that the people provide. I don't hike any of this shit. Hey, it doesn't matter how you do it. As yeah. long as you're experiencing and having fun at your comfort level. Yeah, it was fun getting that's drenched. In the comfort Falls. level. Don't push yourself. Make sure you're within your comfort level. Oh, that's absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always that thing where you want to challenge yourself, but be very mindful. Be yeah, careful. when hiking, be don't go past your comfort ability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. But lovely 
I had a blast talking about this. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you, everyone. Again, Instagram at Woman Get In, Facebook at Woman Get In. If you'd like to follow either Miley uh, or myself, our personal accounts, I am at Mandy Pants15. That's Mandy Pants15, the number. That's because her birthday is July 15th. Correct. And Mandy with an I. And oh, then right. Miley is Giggly My. G I G G L Y M A I. Yes, ma'am. Find us on Instagram. uh, See if you like anything that we're doing there. And we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Love you too.